Introducing the Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua JR 50th. One of the highest rated cigars in the industry is now available in a special rounded torpedo size. Celebrate our 50th anniversary in style with this iconic limited edition smoke, only available at JRCigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. And there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the show has begun, Jordan. The show has begun. And Jordan, I got to say, I uh, just poured myself another glass of this Elijah Craig rye. Very good rye. If you're looking for something affordable and tasty, I'm going to be pairing this with my cigar tonight. Yeah, I kind of. It's kind of along the lines of uh, Old Forester rye. I feel like. I mean, a little spicier. A little but spicier. It is in the in the bourbon. Range. It's not like a classic, just spicy spice bomb. Look at Matt, just like doing work behind you. You he's can't just, see. He's just doing. He he was right. He was right there, just doing all kinds of stuff, like taking video and whatnot. Social guy. He's a good man. He's a good man. We got a studio audience tonight. We've got uh, Matt over there in the dojo hat, and obviously Scott Braband, the owner of the world's greatest cigar lounge. So bald. So bald, but uh, you yeah. actually, it. he's got a little bit of scruff going tonight. A little bit of scruff going tonight. <laughs> Boys, are you guys ready? We're getting ready for uh, a show. We got Halloween coming up on Sunday. Scotty, are you all right, Scotty? <laughs> you okay, Scotty? <laughs> you gonna make it? Yeah, you gonna make it over there? Oh God, sorry about that, brother. How how you doing, Scotty? Oh well, you know, if I could learn how to swallow my bourbon correctly, <laughs> that would help. Yeah, that's always little good. details. Little the, details. The little details. <laughs> good, uh, Matt. How are you? Ready for uh, the show? Oh, easy, guys. No sound. Hey, you got to turn the mic on. Why'd you turn it off? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> boys. Scott was expecting apple juice. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, apple juice is always the one where they put in there. You know, when it's like a not a real. You know, you got to fake it. You know. But if it's not apple juice, you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for it. This is a great show. This is episode uh, 308, Jordan. This is the greatest night of our lives. Oh, uh, uh, thank you, Terrence. Uh, this is episode 308 of Smoke Night Live. Uh, a couple quick uh, housekeeping items. Um, housekeeping. Housekeeping. A uh, couple things. The uh, we have a Camacho contest going on. I don't know if you guys are familiar with these ashtrays, but that we're giving away ten. Ooh. Ten. Count them. Ten. <sighs> Of these big, massive, there it's it's fourteen by ten by four, big, massive Camacho ashtrays. Uh, we're giving Yosh. away ten of those. All you got to do to enter is uh, be a part of the Camacho group on the Dojoverse.com, and then you'll see, if you're part of that group, uh, you'll see at the top of the timeline in that group there is a. Uh, contest post and you can enter one time a day just by commenting on that on that uh on that post and we're going to pick 10 random winners and those will be announced on it's actually veterans day uh november 11th and here's the thing that's my baby's due date oh yeah jordan you might not even be I around might be here because you might be got a baby in the oven 
bat, pop. <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do if you're not around? The show will just die. I don't know what's going to happen. One camera angle the whole show. Yeah, for sure. That will be for sure, if there's even any camera angles. But anyways, uh, here's the important part about that show. That show is a special event. It's a virtual Camacho event. And it, Jordan, it's sort of like the final piece. The final Camacho. What will happen is... That's going to send a bunch of people to the Wall of Fame. And if you... Actu- the real... There's a real wall. There is an actual wall. In Honduras. In Honduras. You'll be on it. And your name will be on it. Now, remember, if you're not part of the Camacho group, you got to earn all the other uh, preliminary badges But first. you could get this one, you know, right. uh, this night, and that would be the hardest step. And then from then on, you could still backtrack and get the other ones. There's exactly. no order to this thing. Exactly. But I know for a fact there's a bunch of guys and girls, gals and girls and guys that are all waiting for this virtual event badge, which is the Experience Warrior badge. And once they hit that thing, that that badge, that'll push them over the over the top. So it's going to be a big event. So uh, make sure to mark your calendar for November 11th. um, Baby day. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for the bald comment for Scotty. <laughs> uh, that makes him feel good, I know. He's so bald. He's so bald. Oh but anyways, um, so, so uh, mark your calendars for that. That's going to be a blast. And enter the contest, because who doesn't want a gigantic Camacho ashtray, Jordan? Jordan we had two of those. What happened, Jordan? Uh, well, I broke one. Jordan broke right, one. We had the, the nicest, this is the nicest lounge ashtray you can get. Well, Fuente is pretty nice, too. We did just have this conversation, though, that we need to bring those ashtrays back to Dojo Studios because they were the best ashtrays yes. that so have ever been in here. Maybe Camacho can hook us so up. So, Camacho, we extra listening. We need wink, one wink, more. Well, I, what I would do is I would take the ashtray off the table, and I would hang it just right underneath the table and just, you know, ash, and then I, I dropped it on the floor and it broke. You done, you done bad, son. You done bad. Um, all right, let's get on with the show. Uh, huge show tonight. Uh, one of our favorite guests that we bring on uh, at least at least a couple times a year, it seems like, because he is one of the most entertaining guys. Well dressed. Well, well, there's no question about that. I mean, you got you got uh, you got my, you got uh, Eddie Guerrero. You got uh, Rocky Patel. Always looks nice, but nobody, nobody. Dresses better than our guest tonight, and that is Michael Herklotz of uh, Ferio Tego. Michael, welcome back to the show. What's up, Dojo? <laughs> there he is. Guys? Look at him. Oh, he looks amazing, dude. You you always you never never disappoint when it comes to the threads, brother. Well, aren't you a prince? Thank you. You know, yeah. I do my best. Yeah. So, uh, where are you tonight? I'm in my office. I have a new office, and it's painted, and there's things on the wall. And uh, I, I would, without offending uh, my friends at, at Camacho, um, they don't have the best lounge ashtray. Ferry Otego does with Ooh. our Encora ashtray. Oh, oh. Look at this really stunning, beautiful grid in uh, a wood frame. Happens to match our humidor collection. Anyway. Uh, 14 by 8 by 17 or whatever that was. That sounds like a ceiling tile. <laughs> um, we have a beautiful, beautiful ashtray. And that one probably won't shatter on the floor. Well, I don't know. It doesn't shatter. Can you, so. Could you please drop that a couple times just to see how strong it is? I have. Okay. 
Um, Michael, this is big. Okay, so last time we had you on the show, um, we were talking about the imminent release of uh, this cigar that uh, both Jordan and I are going to light up here in a second. Uh, It's finally here. The anticipation was... I didn't think it would ever happen. The anticipation was palpable. <laughs> Jordan, was it? would you say the anticipation was palpable? Palpable. It was palpable. And so what we're going to do tonight, uh, I have not smoked this cigar yet. I am going to smoke the uh, Elegancia. And we're going to talk about both of these cigars. And um, Jordan is going to smoke the Yanaroso. Uh, is that Did I say that okay for you, Jordan? Did well, I, I don't know. Ask, ask the Herx. Is Yanaroso? Is that good? Here, here's what I love about both of these names, and it was part of the process in selecting them, is that they can be pronounced in both Spanish and Gringo, oh. and they sound fine. Mm. That's true. Right? So it, elegancia is elegancia. It's very difficult to pronounce that incorrectly. Maybe elegancia, if you're trying to <laughs> be fanatical for the first time. But it looks like elegancia. It's elegancia. And whether you say generoso or generoso, there's absolutely no confusion. Thank you. You know which one it is. Thank you. Because Jordan, you know, Michael, Jordan really gets on me about my uh, pronunciations. So uh, I'm one of those guys. I really struggle with um, being a great. You speak some Spanish. And when I Spanish, I speak in a Spanish accent. But I, I always have a hard time with white guys like me who just throw out one word right. in Spanish with a Spanish accent. You know what I mean? Oh, we know I the have time. a hard time with it. Like, yeah, you don't want to like... Like if we're just chatting about cigars and this and that or whatever, and it comes in a natural wrapper or a Maduro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. That's not... It's a Maduro, you know? So I think there has to be the ability to pronounce it both ways. So generoso, generoso, whatever makes you happy. Now, I got to say, right off the bat, uh, Michael, the first question I have is, it seems a little bit amazing to me that these names had not been used before. Now, uh, you know that Jordan and I are in the, you know, we do uh, some releases with some companies. We know about cigars. And uh, one of the hard things is coming up with names. And these are two names that you'd have thought maybe, you, you just you would just assume that maybe these names had been used. They both sound like names that should have been used in the past. They sound like names. And somehow or another, uh, y- you got lucky and snagged two, uh, two cool names that uh, seem like uh, they've been around for 100 years. The names have been used, uh, but they've, they've been used so many times in so many different ways um, that, generally speaking, they can't be claimed on their own. Um, so when you put them together in a package, Ferio Tego Elegancia and Ferio Tego Generoso or Generoso, um, they are usable. All right. I, I love the names. Um, now, both of these cigars uh, come in just one size. These are, this year, at least, they're highly limited. Um, so let's talk, we're going to talk about both of them. Um, I am smoking the uh, Elegancia, and uh, this one is the Quesada version of the cigar, Ecuadorian Connecticut, uh, Dominican binder, and some Nica and DR fillers. Jordan has the Llanoroso with the Honduran shade grown uh, uh, wrapper, 
with uh, some Nika so, binders and fillers. Ferio Tego Eneroso. There you go. You did it, Jordan. Now, here's my if first. If I may. Yeah, go ahead. May I just ask you both, and I would say this for viewing audience too, um, these cigars really are, are intended to be smoked slowly. Mm. They're, they're, I, I spoke to a buddy of mine who lit it up, and he sent me a photo when he lit it up, and then he sent me another photo halfway down, and it was not a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> and so I texted back, and I said, ooh, are, ooh. Am, am I following this live, or did you start it a while back? And he's like, no, I'm huffing through it. And I said, do me a favor, mm. just put it down and let it cool off and then restart. And I only say that because the both of these cigars – um, present a journey and a story, and both of them are, are unique from one another, but when you really fire it up and it gets hot and you're burning, 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 it really does manipulate and change the, um, the journey and, and the story. And so I just wanted to say that as you're just firing up, because I know some limited time, and I just didn't want you to try and huff through to sure. the... No. To the end. No, we're experts here, Michael. I mean, we've Great. we've been doing this. Well, I, well, I didn't I didn't mean to suggest. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be spending about 20 minutes just toasting. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta realize Jordan goes through uh, six bottles of. I'll be down to here just to light just a to cigar. Toast this guy. So uh, he's, he's that'll, that'll definitely keep it nice and cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's very very serious about his toasting. Now, okay, so my first question to you, uh, Michael, is. It's it's certainly not uncommon for a brand to uh, come out with a line that has um, a, a different wrapper types. Uh, you've you know you come out with your Connecticut, you come out with your Sun Grown, you come out with your Maduro in a line. That's very 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 common. Obviously, it happens almost every day in the cigar industry. But something that's very uncommon uh, here is that these two cigars come from two different factories uh what was the thought process behind that why did you come out with two cigars in the same line made at two different factories what were you looking for there without getting too um uh gimmicky and and i hate gimmicks in our industry it's it's no secret i'm a i'm a a huge fan of wines and um, I'm, I'm not specific to a particular grape or a particular region or a particular color for that matter, because I really like them all. And within the wine world, it is very common for um, one house to produce, let's say a Chardonnay and a Cabernet. That really is the intentionality behind um, Ferriotego specifically with our annual limited releases, which is there are there is a house style. The house style is really intended to be big in body, tremendously elegant, um, and very complex. And we wanted to be able to present that in two very different expressions, one being elegancia, which is the, the very buttery, um, creamy, but uniquely big body. And the second expression being the generoso, which is still big in body, but embraces all of the darker style flavors. So from the elegancia, you get a lot of that butteriness, toasty, 
woody, nutty flavors. From the Generoso, you get the leather, chocolate, coffee, spiciness. Um, if there is any commonality, even though from a pedigree standpoint, they couldn't be more different. If there is a commonality, it is the body and the grace um, that these two very different expressions um, land on your palate. And so it's very, very difficult to achieve the style of Generoso from Dominican Republic. And it's equally very difficult to achieve the style of Elegancia from Nicaragua. But taking the same mindset, you can apply that mindset to these two different countries and create similar styles in very, very different flavors and experiences. And then to follow on that track, you mentioned sizes. It's only one size, six by 50, in boxes of 10, which follows the kind of track that wine does. Typically, wine is a 750 milliliter bottle. So when it comes to making decisions, you don't have to spend time trying to figure out, well, what size do I wanna try? And how do I wanna mm. buy this? Is it a pack of five, a box of 10? We tried to reduce or eliminate as much of the decision-making as possible. So it is only offered in a six by 50. It's only offered in travel humidors of 10 cigars so that anyone can buy them and collect them, activate, activate the, the uh, humidity and be able to collect regardless of their, you know, whether they would consider themselves real cigar, cigar connoisseurs or collectors. So when you, when you started the, the process and you knew like, hey, I'm, I'm going to start my own company and now we'll, we'll get into the fact that you have a bunch of other lines that you brought over from, from Nat Sherman um, as well. But this is sort of, this is the first one uh, from the Ferriotego line. When you, when, you whole, when you started that entire process from the beginning, did you have that in mind? Was this all part of the plan? Like, hey, I want to do this one at Quesada. I want to do one at Placencia. I want to have one that has this kind of flavor profile. Or, or Michael, did you just start blending and you realized, wow, like, like this, this sort of uh, one that I, these blends that I've got from Placencia are so different from these ones that I have at Quesada. Maybe I'll do them both. Like, was this always part of the plan or did it kind of happen as you were in, in the midst of this project? So in fairness, I have to go back to Nat Sherman International time period where for the, the probably last 2017, 18, 19, there were constant um, blend development projects just for fun. And some of those projects we released. We released the 2019 Timeless uh, TAA and the 2019 Regular Limited and the Epoca Limited, which was from Placentia. 2020, we did the uh, Timeless TAA from Placencia, which had the black band, which, it, um, as I recall, Jordan liked. Um, and all of those were just part of, of blend exploration and creation. And then when it was time to execute a project, I had a library that I had been working on for so many years that I could restart, tweak, and then produce. Um, so... Those were all projects that I had worked on for so many years. They were still sort of alive in my notebooks, in my head, on my palate, uh, and in my humidor in samples. So I was 
pretty early on prior to, as you, as you mentioned, prior to our ability to acquire the old Nat Sherman brands, I was thinking, um, I had these great projects in Quesada that I had never brought to fruition. I had these great projects at Placencia that I had never brought to fruition. Both of those factories, as we were coming to conclusion with Nat Sherman, both had reached out and said, you know, anything you need, whatever you ultimately decide to do, we will certainly support you if you need it. Um, My initial thought was, I'm going to do this Ferriotego concept. I want to follow a wine model um, or at least be inspired by a wine model because I can't pick just one. Um, just like I, I couldn't say I like red wine better than white wine. It really depends on the wine and it depends on the moment. And and so I really, I had these sort of two, um, these two buckets of projects that I just, I wanted to put together and, and create something similar to the experience that I enjoy as a wine collector and drinker and also create an experience that arguably doesn't exist today in the premium cigar, which is creating a house style, presenting it in two very different expressions, um, dating them and releasing them annually so that we can start to create the ability to have vertical tastings over years, to be able to give benchmarks for tracking aging and whether things are getting better or worse. Uh, And so it was very early on in the process as we were closing that Sherman that I started forward thinking about creating Ferriotego and bringing these projects to life. So really that was in the, um, in the fall of 2020 that that work started. Wow. Now here, here's, here's one that always gets me and me, we run into the same, the same issue, but on a much, much smaller scale, I'm sure than, than you did. But when you're sort of like in the blending process and you're trying to determine like this is gonna be this is gonna be my baby. Uh, I'm Michael Herklotz. I'm launching my brand. It's got to be just right. I'm in the middle of this blending process. Oh, I really like this one. I really like that one. Ultimately, there comes a point. I mean, you could go on forever, like tweaking and 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 massaging this blend for eternity. But there has to sort of come this point when you say. Uh, this is it. This this one from Quesada. This is it. All right. This one from Placencia. This is it. Is it uh, is it hard for you to just you know put the brakes on and just say okay like I've got to just go with these or is it just like wow like this is this is the one. Was that a difficult thing for you? Because once you make that decision, that's the cigar. That's what it's going to come out and that's what's going to be presented to the to the cigar smokers of the world. Like talk a little bit about that process of coming up with that final product that you were very happy with. It's crippling. And, and frankly, as an artist, and we've spoken on previous shows, I'm a drummer. Um, it's artists always shoot for perfection. And it's very difficult to say when something is done, right? You always want to fix a song. You always want to go back and listen to it again, record it again, Let's do one more take. Let me right. let me try one more time. Same with with visual artists. They they finish a painting and this you know they add one shadow or they add one detail and um, it's a it's a it's a terrible process to be honest. 
Um, the Elegancia, I knew the direction more than the Generoso. And um, so that one ended up being easier to fine tune and just say, okay, this is it, go, go into production. The Generoso, I was down to two, mm -hmm. and I had a bias for one, but every time I blind smoked it, I picked the other one. And then I'd unveil it about two thirds of the way through and realize that I had picked the other one that I didn't want. Oh. And then I would convince myself that the one I did want was actually better. <laughs> and funny enough, so today's Friday, and I group dads on Fridays um, for beers. And I remember I was, I was in my office smoking these two Generoso samples, and I hadn't taken the bands off yet. And I was really down to the end. And I got in my car and I, I drove to this place that we go to. And, um, and I was still smoking them when I got out of my car. And I bumped into <laughs> one of my dad buddies and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I'm down to the end of these two and I just can't decide. And he's like, well, you need to decide because it's, it's time for beers. <laughs> and it was it was such a great moment because I'm standing there with with the two of them and I'm like, this is definitely it. It's definitely it. And I looked at it and it was not the one I wanted. Wow. Um, and I was like, I'm emailing right now and saying this is it. And I'm dropping them in an ashtray and I'm walking away. And that's the one we went with. Why why was why was the why were you hanging on to the other one? What was it about the other one that you thought that you wanted? So interestingly, the. The other one started more, um, more obvious and aggressive. Mm. The other one started closer to the way it finished, or it ended, I should say, because we, we reused the word finish too much. So it started the way it ended. The, the other one started with a lot more um, finesse, but it ended very close to the way the other one ended. And so I would get jammed up with the end, forgetting how how much more interesting the start of the first one was when you think of the arc of the story. And so ultimately, the Generoso that, that I picked, which we're smoking tonight, I'm smoking it also, um, is the one with a much more interesting story it ends in a way that you don't anticipate based on the way it starts. And I love cigars like that. I like making cigars like that. Like, it's like Quentin Tarantino. You start a movie and you're like, this is, I, I don't wanna watch this movie. This is way too far out. And then there's four or five twists and turns and by the end you're like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> what, the, what the hell happened? Right. We started with this, and all of a sudden we're over here. It's such a uh, an engaging story that, especially when you go and watch that movie again, and you anticipate, you already know how the movie ends, and yet you're still so drawn in by the beginning because you just can't believe the twists and turns that that story takes. Ultimately, that's what the second was, and I just found myself loving the ends of both so much that I couldn't pick. But when I finally kept getting above it and, and 
thinking of the total arc of the story, the one that, that we selected is, is the right one, for sure. Just, uh, just starting on this one, uh, this is the first time I've ever smoked it, but I'm, and it's, I'm really enjoying it. It's really good. Uh, it's, I'm, I think it's really interesting that it started out, for me, sweet. Like, and it's mm. getting a little spicier now, but normally that's, that's the opposite. It always, it always starts out with the cabinet spice. And then gets caramel sweetness. This this started out sweet with like a like a berry sweetness, and it's kind of so. Not. This has a this has a very disproportionate amount of um, filler tobacco from Jalapa, and Jalapa is generally wrapper. It's got a lot of finesse. Um, it's it's really not economically feasible to make a cigar out of Jalapa filler, um, but but it has so much grace and that sweetness that um, because when you first light it up, you're lighting raw leaf, not raw leaf, of course, but properly cured, fermented, and aged right. leaf, but that has no residual collection of right. tars and oils and other things. You get that immediate expression of halapa. Mm. And then once it starts burning, of course, you're, you're now chemically changing what's occurring and so then you start getting into this radical development. Um, but I love the fact that you got the sweetness because that's, that's a pretty yeah, unique Yeah, I was really struck start, by that. <laughs> particularly when, when like, you think about Nicaraguan filler binder Honduran wrapper, I wonder what that's going to taste like. Sweet? Sweet. What? All right. All right. Now, I'll say with mine, uh, I'm smoking again, in case you just tuned in, the Elegancia. And... I almost hate to say this, Jordan, because like this could be taken in in a million different ways, but this to me tastes more like a Cuban cigar than any cigar that I've ever smoked that wasn't a Cuban wow. cigar. Like there is something about this cigar. Now here's here's the good part though. You know how most Cubans have that musky Wait, flight? that part wasn't good? No, it's yeah. great. Like a good Cuban <laughs> cigar, but that's what I'm seeing. Like, like a lot of people, Michael, they'd be like, "Oh, it's like Cuban. Hey, I'm not a big Cuban guy." But I'm saying, like, everything that's good about a Cuban is it. It tastes like in this. I have that musky kind of flavor, but but you get that quesada buttery note mm. added to it, which you normally don't get with the Cuban. You normally don't get that butter. You're normally getting floral instead. So, like, you get the musky with the floral on a Cuban. But with this cigar, I'm getting that musky, cool, fun flavor that you don't get with almost any other country uh, cigar other than Cuban. But yet I get that quesada butteriness, which I love. I think the only thing maybe that would make this better, Michael, is if I just dunked it in a glass of tequila and I just definitely and I just rubbed. <laughs> I just rubbed. So well, every cigar down. really. Every, right? <laughs> Rub tequila um, around it. It's yeah. funny that the the butteriness. Um, it's a, it's a unique word because it refers to two different things. It's a flavor, but it's also a texture. And the for me, buttery generally um, refers to texture because it means it's heavier than say creamy. It's buttery, right? Um, and so I agree wholeheartedly that it's buttery, fatty. I think exact. Um, it's it's more velvety than than uh, oaky, for example. 
Um, so that speaks to the body. But from a flavor standpoint, there really is this almost creme brulee popcorn mm. um, note. And I kept writing that over and over. And that was a very specific note that would come out through all of the blind tastings on the Elegancia exploration. And um, it was so pronounced and specific that um, that it was just the one every single time. Now, I, I would say it's rare to find a Cuban cigar today that delivers those flavors right. with the, um, the gracefulness and balance that this does. Um, and that's really where Nicaragua comes into play um, to, to give it a little bit of weight, um, which for us is Cuba doesn't use Dominican or Nicaraguan. They use Cuban. And, uh, and so it, it, it provides a, a, a wider breadth of flavors that you simply can't get pantry that only has one origin. Now, Michael, uh, you, you, you took a bit of, oh, we should mention just real quick the, the tequila comment. I don't know if, if you guys, if, if any <laughs> I should of have had that cute, I don't, I, I you need to send us that video, I, Michael, because the actual, my, the the actual video. Yeah, I sent it. You asked me for it. I right. sent it to you. It was just, oh. the, it was a link though. I mean, we need, we need like the actual like The raw file, footage. The raw footage. Oh, the actual file. Yeah. But anyways, the, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, there's this video that Cigar Aficionado put out, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about how he the greatest cigar he ever had was like rubbed in tequila. But that's not the funny part. The funny part is is Michael took that video. Well, that's the sad part. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the sad part. And and did a co- like a commentary of that video. It's the most hilarious video you'll ever see in your life. We we rolled. For half an hour, we watched it several times. It's so freaking funny. You gotta watch Michael do his commentary on the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger video. will be like, "This guy put the thing in my mouth," and her glass is like, "He put it in your mouth." Yeah. <laughs> what? What? It is. It is. Yeah. It is absolutely. Here's the. It's let, priceless. Let me be, you know, I I actually got a lot of um, I got a lot of feedback from that video, and um. Perhaps my reaction was a bit overdone. What I did not mean to suggest is that if someone wanted to do that, that they absolutely shouldn't. It's your cigar. You do whatever you want with it. You want to you want to soak it into tequila. <laughs> you want to you know wrap it in a chocolate bar. I don't care. What, however you. What concerned me though was being presented initially as the thing to do and to be done without discretion, meaning <laughs> he, he, he did it before even tasting it. And, and so I equated that to, because the way he told the story was the sommelier, who was the wine expert in a, I think he said four or five star restaurant, brought the cigar to his table and soaked it in tequila before he tasted it. And I can't believe that's true because any four or five star sommelier in a restaurant would never present a bottle of wine at the main course, pour it gracefully out of a decanter into the glass, and then just before allowing you to sip it, taking a spoonful of steak sauce and pouring it into the wine and saying, now this 
<laughs> this is really how you have to taste it. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, absurd. Oh, so that God. that really just I don't know. It, it was struck me. It was a great video. I mean, you, it was look it up, and folks. And I had to document it. Yeah, it was. It's an incredible video. Uh, all right, before we uh, break to commercial, I just want to ask you this last question about these cigars, and we'll move on to a different topic. But you know, coming out with your first cigar as as the brand, you, you took a bit of a chance in that this is this is not a cheap cigar. It's a twenty dollar MSRP cigar. Um, a lot of companies wouldn't wouldn't do that michael i let's let's be frank like you know you try to like maybe ease guys in i i, I real i will talk about the fact that you have the timeless brands and stuff so you already have some like lower you know lower priced cigars in your portfolio already but coming out with your very first cigar as a 20 dollar cigar that that's a little bit of a ballsy move uh were you concerned about that that maybe like wow i'm i'm hitting the market with you know something in this really sort of high price range technically it's it's 21 and Thank um, you. of course i was concerned but i was also equally concerned with coming out with a cigar that was not going to be um uh, memorable and different and stand out and there are only a handful of ways to do that i could have done it um with an inferior cigar um, and, and, and tried to meet everybody or I could have just made best proposition I could make and then figure out how much it's going to cost to do it. And ultimately that's what I did. Um, I got that fee as soon as we announced the, the release. And I had a handful of people say, you know, this is, who, who do you think you are at $21? And my immediate reaction was, oh my gosh, you know, did you not like it? Did it not burn right? Um, do you not feel like you got your money's worth? Which of course it, it wasn't on the market. So the immediate feedback was, well, I haven't had it yet. <laughs> In which case my response was, well then how do you know if it's worth it or not? I mean, at least wait for the product to launch. And and if you are willing, please invest in one and try it. I believe wholeheartedly that the totality of this experience, particularly if you buy the the box, which is not a box, it's a, it's a travel humidor. I have one here, I'll show you. Travel humidor, the box has utility. The box is made by hand in Esteli, these cigars are made by hand. And, and if your early descriptions are, are, uh, are accurate and all of the feedback that I've received post uh, release, and if sales are any indication based on their, their still availability now three weeks later, it seems to me that it is worth it. And so I don't think of this as, a, as an overpriced cigar. I hope that I've over-delivered. And if you spend $210 for this travel humidor of 10 cigars, um, I hope that you, that you think that you have underpaid for the experience that this brings to the table. And if you didn't, uh, if you don't feel that way and you feel like you've overpaid, um, then I think that it's not wrong. 
But that's why we have other products, and that's why we have Timeless, and that's why we'll bring back Metropolitan, because Ferriotego is intended to be for everybody, and that's why our portfolio is as wide as it is. But if I'm going to present my very best, this year my very best was was two hundred and ten dollars for a travel humidor of ten cigars. Right. Um, no, I, I I think there's a, a lot of room in the market for uh, an experience like this. Like you know, you can get you know you can get a lot of eight ten dollar cigars that are great, no question about that. Um, but it's fun to have the the Padron 1926s, the Fuentes, the the Davidoffs. Like there is this this place, and, and it almost seems like maybe. You know, there's not a, there's not enough brands that have that Viper on the lot, so to speak. You know, you go to the Dodge dealership, and you end up buying a Dodge Dart because you saw the Viper sitting on the lot. You can't afford it, but you just imagine every time you get in your Dodge Dart 300 that you're <laughs> you, that you're driving a Viper, right? And so, like, I, I always have a hard time personally. I always have a hard time with with analogies because a lot of times, <laughs> analogies when it comes to the luxury space today in 2021. They're always created based on a portfolio. And so, you know, people will, will talk about uh, Lexus as the high end of Toyota. Well, it wasn't originally, right? That happened over time. And there were mergers, and then, and then this luxury car became the trophy. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to compare myself to the other luxury houses that exist because we are a startup. All I can tell you is we didn't start the process by saying, okay, I'm going to launch Ferriotego and it's going to be expensive. It was not the process. The process was I'm going to make the absolute two best cigars I can make. Now what? Right. Well, now I need, I need beautiful packaging to represent exactly what that is. So that's three different bands, principal, secondary, and, and uh, year. Well, then what am I going to put these in? I don't want to risk, if we're spending all this money to make these great cigars, how can I ensure that they continue to be perfect all the way to the end? Well, let's put them in a vessel that will protect them and maintain them regardless of what happens. And then once a consumer buys them, I can't tell you how many times over the last 20 years in retail, people have said, do I need a humidor for these? Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> you really do. I'm sorry to tell, tell you, but you do. You need to put them in something. You cannot take the cigar from your cousin's wedding and put it in your sock <laughs> that you can smoke it at your wedding. You can't do that. But you can with this. And that's what makes it so so unique and special. We're trying to make it perfect from the moment we we create it and make it to band it pack it ship it and deliver it we're doing everything we can to make sure that the intention of the blend when we created it will be preserved and maintained until the moment that you smoke it whether it's this year next year or in 10 years and and this year that cost 21 dollars a cigar and i think that's that's really fair yeah now, no. real quick uh, uh, you might have already mentioned this but um is this always going to be a Toro or like could there be a, a year the next year is a Robusto or, you know? Yeah. So obviously it could be anything. The, the intentionality of this project 
is to maintain the most consistency year after year after year after year. So I'll go back to the wine model. A 750 milliliter is a 750 milliliter this year, next year, last year. It's not like next year someone gets cute and says, you know what, I'm going to go for an 800 milliliter. Now, ultimately, of course, there's different formats. There's magnums and there's half bottles and other things. But the 750 is the benchmark bottle of wine. There's, there's no doubt that today the benchmark Vitola in the premium cigar industry is a 6x50 Toro. So that's what we are using as our benchmark for Ferio Tego. And a box of 10 is very accessible. Having it be a travel humidor makes it um, uh, have some real utility. Uh, and, then, and then we continue to make that blend year after year with the, with the allowable understanding that there may be some tweaks and fluctuations just because of the natural change, not unlike what happens with wine year to year. But the intentionality is that we are delivering experience in Elegancia and the same experience in Generoso. All right. Uh, we got a couple uh, final questions, and then we'll get on to some other topics to end the show. Uh, we got some so our weekly top three coming up where we'll be talking about some Halloween topics, Jordan. Oh. But uh, in the meantime, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. This year, JR is celebrating their 50th anniversary. They'll be celebrating all year long with amazing promotions, contests, sweepstakes, and several limited-run projects with some of your favorite manufacturers. Join JR in celebrating 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. This is episode 308 Smoke Night Live, we're chatting with none other than uh, Michael Herklotz, Ferro Tega. We're smoking these cigars. This cigar, Jordan, I don't know how your experience is going, but mine is absolutely mine, stunning. Mine is better than yours. No, I, I've never I, smoked yours before, but I bet mine's better. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so good. I mean, I, I, I hate, like, folks, if you're watching the show and you're thinking that we're saying this just because Michael's on the show, you don't know me very well because I will... There's, I will give cues. I'll give, <laughs> I'll give facial cues, like a wink and a nod or something. Like this, this is absolutely phenomenal cigar. It is fantastic phenomenal. in every sense of the way. Mine, mine has that quality. I don't know what it is about certain. There's certain like almost like usually in the Trappist kind of realm of beers where when when you take a sip, it just like instantly dissolves across your entire palate. Like you you take a sip and it just goes whoosh, fills your whole mouth. And this smoke seems to have that same sort of texture. Like, it's very mouth-watering, and with a, just a small puff, it just fills the whole palate. That's what I love about bourbon, Jordan. But Jordan, what you're, talking about, what you're talking about is balance. Balance is not about trying to get all the flavors you can at the same time. Balance, for me anyway, is really about condition. The, the condition of your palate after you've applied this new thing to it. And, you know, it's very easy to make a great tasting cigar, but it leaves your mouth dry. And so many people, you know, I love it. In, in retail, we always hear this stuff. Someone says, I, I smoked this cigar. I liked it, but there was something about it. I don't know. I just kind of had this. And I always say, yeah, your, your mouth was dry. And when your mouth is dry, you can't taste things. And not only that, 
but the, the flavors just stick to your palate. And so you taste it tomorrow because you had, you, you had nothing refreshing on your palate. And the opposite can happen too. People smoke a cigar and they just start spitting like they're dipping mm. all the time, just constantly spitting. It's because it's stimulating too much saliva. It's hitting that salty area instead of, you know, the, the first one I said, which is just hitting and it's not hitting the salty areas at all. To, to create that breadth of impact is, it's not an easy thing to do. And I don't say that to be braggadocious, but my, my point is that it's not by accident. It's, it's very, very intentional. And, and even though, again, both of your experiences that you're both smoking are so radically and dynamically different, both in their pedigree and in their flavors, they should both present themselves with that really perfect breadth across your palate and, and balance and great uh, refreshing condition. Now, Michael, uh, I hope. Yeah, uh, you've you've uh, you've worked with some great companies, obviously, Nat Sherman, uh, Davidoff, um, and you've always sort of been this guy that has, you know, everybody's loved and respected. But now now you, you, it's your own brand and now you're the face of your of your own brand. Have you does that does that moment um, of of sort of like hey now I'm I'm the guy now I'm the actual face I can be my not that you couldn't be your own guy before I mean obviously you're 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 your own guy and you have your own sense of humor which is great and you're entertaining and all that but you you know truth be told you were re- representing other brands in the past but now it's just you uh, does that uh, pose uh, any challenges to you do you have you thought like you know, like, wow, like, I can I can sort of do what I want now. Like, I, I'm free to sort of be the guy that I want to be. Um, does, is, is that a little bit of a daunting thing that, that now you're sort of the face of it and it's it's you and it's not some other company? It literally is, it is your personality. It is you. Well, let me make sure I give credit where credit's due. It's not just me. It's myself and my partner, Brendan, who was the CFO of Matt Sherman, and we're in this together. But you're, you're right. Um, from a front-of-house standpoint, um, it's me. And I had, um, I had the really good fortune of, um, I guess, sort of by de facto, becoming the face of Matt Sherman International, um, of course, the, the Sherman family was involved for my first five or s- seven years. And then Altria, of course, bought it. Um, and I kind of remained in front of the brand. Uh, but you bring up an interesting thing because if I'm, if I'm really being completely honest, um, there was always personally a a sense of um, of inauthentic, uh, being inauthentic, unauthentic. <laughs> yeah. not, I think, I think it could go either way. I think it go either way. Uh, because it it wasn't mine, and so even though I was lucky enough to be able to kind of operate like an owner, I I got to create the blends. I got to maintain the blends. I got to go to events and and talk about them and represent them and say how they right. were developed. Uh, the reality was, it said Sherman, 
and not her clots. Um, and so that's an awesome opportunity, but there was at times this, this sense of like, um, almost an, an identity crisis of, you know, what, what am I really, um, this is very, very different. And so there are, there are two sides to now the way I feel about, um, about Ferry Otego, because certainly with this, this is, this is mine. I mean, that's, it's here. Right. And, and now being engaged and embraced, um, and you know, my only real barometer is, are, are the stores I walk into the text messages I get and the, and the photos I'm tagged in. Um, but seeing that is an unbelievable feeling, uh, especially now after 20 years in the business to see, uh, my work with arguably my name is really, um, overwhelming and profoundly humbling. But I felt some of that when we launched Timeless in 2012 and all of the brands under Nat Sherman, I had the same real sense of pride when I saw it. Uh, I didn't feel the same sense of ownership. And um, the only way I can describe it, Jordan, is, is this your first kid that you're about to have? Third. <laughs> oh, third. Yeah. So then, so then you'll already know what I'm talking about. Everybody tells you, man, wait till you have a kid Life is never going to be the same. You never know what love feels like until you have a kid. And I'm like, blah, 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 come on, all right, whatever. You know, that all sounds great. Until the moment you have a kid. And then it's like, oh, my God, I get it. <laughs> and it's not, even, it's not even like how much you love your kid. But, Jordan, you'll definitely get this. It's how much your dad loves you. Right. Well, let's let's not let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. You know, it just it, there there are things that you think you'll get and understand until it happens, and then it's just so it's so much deeper than that. And personally, having been what I'd like to think is a is a friend of the industry and an advocate for the industry, certainly the last ten and hopefully the last twenty. I always advocated for the idea of industry that I've learned and that I assume is what principles, particularly those of small family businesses, feel. But I never felt it. I can tell you now, mm. it's like having a kid. And, and the, the incredible, um, with the good and the bad, so the, the, the pride and the love and the appreciation and the gratitude, th there's no way to express it. And then also the anxiety and the fear and, and you know, you, you hope this is going to work and you hope everything's gonna be healthy and you hope that this baby is going to grow up and you, you look at it every day and it's, sometimes you don't notice the changes and then, you know, you go away for a couple of days and you come back and all of a sudden they're like, oh, what happened you know he can walk it, it's, the right. cigar starts like dressing in these goth uh, bands and stuff you're like whoa like, oh man cigars today uh, what are you gonna do it really feels a lot like that 
Um, and, and so I look back over my career. Now it's, it's 22 years in premium cigars. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of incredible moments of pride throughout my career. But there's just nothing like this. Nothing like this. And, and when, you, when you bring up the old Nat Sherman stuff, um, I always was very proud of those, um, of those products. Very proud. Um, and particularly what those cigars did for Nat Sherman. But it was almost like um, I would imagine what a, what a ghostwriter might feel like, mm. where, where you write something with, an, with author and the author ultimately becomes, um, you know, the, 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 the credit. Um, and that's what you sign up for. And so no problem. I still was very proud of it. So I, I never felt less than before, but now when I see Timeless, the same cigar that I created in 2012, and, and now to see that same cigar, but it says Ferriotego on the bottom instead of Nat Sherman International, it really feels, um, it really feels quite full circle. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, look, I, I don't think there's, there's any cigar smokers that I know of that are... are not more excited about the future of your company because I, it really gets down to like you know the whole idea of uh, CEOs of, of a major company. If you feel good about the CEO, you feel good about that company. And and Michael, uh, I think it's pretty much a universal. You know, even when there was the even when there was a little the the, the dicey you know altruist stuff, like everybody was like rooting for you. Because we all knew you, and we all knew what a, a great guy you were, and, and that you cared so much about the industry. And now here you are, you know, giving birth uh, to this company, and we're all so excited. Uh, before you, we, you, you, yeah, you, go ahead. you said it exactly right, man. And um, I, I hate that term. I can't even believe I said it. I hate when people say exactly right. Like, how can it be exactly right? Oh, it was. Everyone says that, <laughs> but it, but that was. Um, Throughout the last 10 years, let's say, there's been a lot of ups and downs and, and a lot of my friends in the industry, some of them supported Nat Sherman and some of them didn't. And they had they had different reasons why. And some of that, as you mentioned, was was related to the the really the sort of last chapter of Nat right. uh, with Altria's ownership. And that did come with with different levels of of um, challenges, challenges. Um, what has really been incredible uh, these last 11 months is that those retail partners who I've been colleagues with for so long have almost to a fault said, we're in. And that's nice of them to say. Right. But it really comes down to, are they really in? And, and they're in. I mean, the, the orders are coming in. We're in over... Over 350 stores, and we just finished four weeks of sales. Um, and the 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 support and um, the genuine sense of people rooting for us is so incredible. I, and I don't I don't have the words to express my gratitude, um, but it, it's it's really nice of you to say that too, because it way, and both myself and Brendan feel it. The Placencias, the Casadas, Davidoffs. They all feel it, um, and it's it's overwhelming. And all we're going to do is just try and continue to deliver that authentically and transparently 
and thoughtfully from now till as long as we can. I, I one more thing. But we we haven't done a weekly top three for a long time, Jordan. We yeah. We're gonna do it's a weekly top three, but about ca- time. Can I just do one last little topic before we do weekly top three? Oh, I don't care. Um, this has to do with <laughs> you Ques- do whatever you want. This has to do with Quesada uh, specifically. Quesada. Um, I'm just gonna be honest. I, f- I feel like the last four, three, four years, Quesada has struggled. Like there's been struggles, and so not only is this cigar that i'm smoking right here a win for for your company michael but this is this is a win for quesada like this this could be a building block they still got it for quesada because i'm telling you guys right now you've got to try this cigar this is not your typical cigar this is not your typical ecuadorian connecticut cigar this does not taste like uh, that at all it is much much more interesting and so, uh, just from the standpoint of rooting for companies that I like, which hey, we did a, we did a cigar with Quesada. We did the Dojo Deluxe. It was one of our early cigars, third or fourth cigar that we ever did, and it was a fantastic buttery cigar. So I'm excited about the prospect of this cigar coming from Quesada. Two points, real, so real freaking good. Quesada. Yeah. In 2012, when we started um, Timeless. There was a groundswell when we created the Timeless from Dominican because it was really unlike anything Casada had ever done. And a lot of those ensuing Nat Sherman International enjoy, um, but so did Casada. When Nat Sherman closed, the only ones left holding the bag because um, we've talked before on previous shows, all of the Nat Sherman International employees, Altria was very generous. There were soft landings for everyone, but there were no soft landings for our manufacturing partners. And mm-hmm. and we we were adamant, not only about acquiring the brands from Altria to continue the, the legacy, but also to restore the production to our manufacturing partners who had carried us and helped us grow all those years, particularly Casada. Now, you referenced the last three or four years. Um, you used the word struggle, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's a fair assessment mm-hmm. um, because when you see a house get re... There is a period of construction, and sometimes that can look messy when you're standing on the street, <laughs> right, right. but you're not the engineer. Being on the not on the construction team, but let's say being in the, in the inside circle, what's happened over the last three years is a real, um, it's the equivalent of looking at your house and saying, you know what? This foundation is a hundred years old and we need, we can't just build a new house on the old foundation. We have got to build new foundation Mm -hmm to put a new house on. And it's not that it's a brand new house because they still are maintaining some of their, their products and creating new ones, but the work they've done over the last three and four years has been all about relaying foundation, concrete, steel, deeper, um, uh, to be able to end anything. And now you are starting to see the things that are coming above ground whether it's their new um, uh, Casa Magna, 
that they're doing out of Dominican Republic. Um, Resmoke some of their older stuff, taste an Oktoberfest, and come to us as we're coming to market. Taste the Metropolitan. The Metropolitan has been maintained by the Casadas since 1995. Wait till you smoke one. It tastes exactly like an expression of 1995. There is no way that Metropolitan Connecticut from 1995 can be as good as it is, and there is no way that the Elegancia can be as tremendous as it is, is if this company is struggling. It's a, what you're seeing now is the result of the construction underground, and now we're seeing the house being built above. Well, and that's kind of what I alluded to, is that I, I'm excited about what is happening because there's been this time, at least for consumers, and I consider myself you know, predominantly a consumer, uh, that you know, people questioned you know, what was going on and whatnot. But this is exciting. Like, I'm excited that if a cigar like this can come out of Quesada, I mean, that's, that is amazing. Um, now, a couple of audience points. Yes. Uh, apparently, we've got to do a Dojo Ferriotego collaboration <laughs> called Sensei's Steak Sauce. Oh, yeah. Sensei's Steak Sauce. <laughs> right and in the cup there. <laughs> will, it, will, will it come with a side in order to spread yeah, on? Yeah, Just, totally. <laughs> all the way up and down, all the way. You covered the whole thing. <laughs> and playing off the Casey giveaway, guys are wanting to win uh, Michael Herklot's uh, handkerchief or something. Oh, the handkerchief. Like, apparently, we have to give away an article of clothing uh, <laughs> no. after, uh, every episode now. I don't know. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> so the uh, if people want that handkerchief, Michael. Oh, is that is that a possibility? Could we do that? I got to see if I mean it was, we have to validate it. Yeah, we to see if this could, one has. It, uh, we don't want to be with something from your grandma. I mean, you know, that would be an heirloom. We don't want to give away an heirloom. Hang on. Here we go. Oh my goodness! Look, Look at this. He's if you're listening to this on podcast. Right now, Michael is signing the the pocket uh, the kerchief. Kerchief, is that what you call it? Oh yeah, baby. I can't see it. it says M H. There we oh, go. Oh, that's sexy. So we will. Uh, can we pick uh, uh, just a, a random person who's commented on this show, and we'll give that handkerchief to them? You'll send that to them. Hey, while you're picking that, I gotta throw one quick shout out because I yes. saw someone on uh, watching. So I got in the cigar business because my college roommate. Um, smoked cigars and convinced me to walk into a cigar bar and smoke a cigar and okay. he's watching and that's Chris Brown from Pittsburgh and I saw he was watching earlier. There we so go. It's all Chris's fault. <laughs> it's all Chris's fault. <laughs> Full circle. All right, so may maybe, who knows, maybe somebody will end up with that Her uh, Hercule Chief. Hercule Chief. Yeah, that's how, that's how we'll name it. All right, it's time for Weekly Top 3, Jordan. Weekly Top Whoa, Weekly Top 3. Weekly Top 3. We haven't done one of these in a while, but Halloween's coming up Sunday. And these questions just, I mean, they, they're just, you know, dying to be asked. And so uh, Weekly Top 3, the first one is, Michael, what was an 8-year-old Michael Herklotz dressing up for as Halloween? Oh, man. You know, it's so embarrassing now <laughs> when I look back. Not embarrassing. It's probably, like, right in character. Um, I can't think of a costume that was ever identifiable. So it was, 
I think my my Halloween costumes were as complex as my blends. For example, <laughs> I can absolutely recall, and it was probably eight. I had a glow in the dark Skeletor mask. Ooh. With a cowboy hat. Uh, and I'm pretty sure my karate uniform. <laughs> what was the the you just like, it, you just made that up, right? No like, idea. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I really can't tell you. You know, um, I mean, but that was always the case. I would wear Dracula fangs and uh, and and paint my face, you know, all random colors with a with a black wig and a hobo jacket. Just throw them all together. I, I, yeah, just dude. It's, I really. It's a like, blend. Back, it's and, a blend. And that was for school pictures. That wasn't even Halloween, you know? I mean, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was now, a tough time. Now, I, I got to tell the audience this slight story here. What you guys don't realize is, is Jordan, producer boy Jordan, as a small child, was essentially Michael Herklotz now. We, we had a, a birthday party for Jordan when he was five, Michael, and he wanted a businessman's birthday party. So he, like, wore a... Con- an entire suit with a tie. He had a suitcase. And, yeah. a, and everybody that came, all the cousins that came to the party, they had to be dressed up like they were going to like a... It's like a, a boardroom like board, party. Yeah, like a boardroom. Again, we need a Ferio Tego <laughs> dojo gala. Yes. Yes. <laughs> dress That's up really a little good. bit. Yes. yes. I, I remember I, I got that. I got a wallet for that birthday. <laughs> and I, I used that wallet until I was 16. <laughs> Were you one of those kids though that stuffed your wallet with stuff that was worthless just to have stuff in your wallet to be like your dad? Well, I, I I think I just loaned a, my dad loaned me a few bucks and just kept it in there. Dude, I had the paper, anything I could find, just so that my wallet was big enough to look like a proper wallet. And now my son is exactly the same way. Does is he already has a wallet? Does the exact same thing? All right, uh, question two. Um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, candy corn gets a bad rap, Jordan. Candy corn? Okay. I, it's disgusting. I actually. <laughs> it's vomit candy. There's that flush. Like vomit and it tastes like vomit. Candy corn, well, it gets a bad rap, but. Jesus, <laughs> it's a long flush. It needs, it needs uh, nuts. If you, you have a do? bowl, if you have a bowl of candy corn and some, uh, and some nuts in there, you throw those. You know, it's I basically think it's, a Snickers bar. It's a two to one, three to one ratio, nut to candy corn. That's a good. But the question, good the question wait, wait, is: wait, wait, wait. three nuts to candy corn, or three candy corns to nuts? Three nut to one candy corn. Are you sure? I, about I can that? see that. You don't want. You don't want too much sweet. You ever have a? Pay, you ever have a payday? You ever have a payday candy bar? Yeah. That's that is exactly what it tastes like. Exactly. If you do that, if you follow that recipe, I, I, I would agree. That I'm down with that. A little sweet, a little savory, a little salty. Maybe. But, but the, the question for the weekly top three is. When when little when little Michael Herklotz was trick or treating, what was the what was the ultimate, you know, Halloween candy? What was the house that you'd go oh, back oh, to? Ah, yeah, what they were Michael g- Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, my my two favorites and still are uh, Snicker and Reese's. Oh Ooh, God, dude, those are without a, that's a great, now. Do you go regular that's size? That's a great Reese, pick. Now there's a difference. This to me, regular size Reese's. And the and the littler cup are kind of like a cigar wrapper. Like the littler cup gives you more of that chocolate. More, you know, it's like a Lonsdale. You get more of the wrapper influence. Mm. Do you go regular Reese's? Yeah, you're, you're, you are you are applying a level of connoisseurship and discretion that little Mikey Herklotz didn't. Have. <laughs> so I saw orange wrapper, peanut butter, chocolate into my mouth. 
I would agree, though. 41-year-old Mikey Hurkacz. Okay. The small ones. Okay. Absolutely. We're on the same page. The ratio changes. Now, the worst is yeah. those those Easter egg ones, because those are those are huge. They're just all it's, peanut butter. It's too much peanut butter. Too much peanut butter. It's way too much peanut butter. Is there such a thing? Yeah. I, it's not really peanut butter anyways. It's like sugar and cornstarch. No, I could just go into the kitchen and grab a, a spoon of peanut butter if I want to. Listen, a spoon of peanut butter with a little drizzle of Hershey's syrup on top? <laughs> Can't go wrong. Any day. Okay. All right. Final uh, weekly top three moment. Uh Scariest movie. Now, this would be a topic for our our Flavor Odyssey host, Robbie Raz. But let's ask it to uh, Michael. Like, is is there a movie that that gets you? Uh, you know, you, you're afraid to, to tell you. You're afraid to go to sleep at night. I hate scary movies. I really like most famous scary movies I've never seen in my life. Jason or Freddy, Friday the Thirteenth or the Freddy Krueger, whatever. I've never seen them. Um, when I was a kid, Jaws freaked me out. Psycho <laughs> kept me up for days. And then, um, oh, what was that? Th- seven? Oh, yeah. With the oh, head in the, that head one in the back. What's in the box? What's in the back? Yeah. When, when, I, when they walked in the room with the, with the uh, air fresheners on the ceiling, it was over for me. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was up for a week. <laughs> but I really, I, I hate ter- I hate scary movies, terror movies, I horror movies. I'm just not into them. I can't do it. Jordan, what would you say is yeah. the scariest uh, movie that you've seen? The audience is saying Exorcist. Um, for me, I I don't like the. It's not scary to me the ghosts and demons and uh, all this kind of. I like more of like a psychological. Scare, okay. and so I would go with Session Nine. Oh God, that's that is super scary. Session uh, Nine. But we're talking about scariest ever, or scariest like when you're a kid. Ever. Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah, we, that's a totally different question. I, I, when I was a kid, Chucky, like that was that scared <laughs> me for years and years and years. You know, I have to say, I went to when I was like seven years old. My sister brought me to the this movie. The Incredible Melting Man, and it that was awful. It was horrible, but I, it literally made me want to throw up. I had to walk out of the theater like halfway through because <laughs> it was it just it made me want to throw up. Now let's go to our studio audience real quick. I want to get Scott and Matt. Scotty, uh, what what do you think is the scariest movie that you've ever watched? The original It. The original. The That's original a TV. It. That was a TV and it show. It was one of those where, TV movie. as I a kid, the absolute fear that was instilled in me maintains. I mean, it doesn't hold up in terms of like quality of like show or anything like that over the years, but the amount of fear it still brings that back to the surface every time it's on. It's like, nope, nope, screw that clown, screw everything. Nope, not watching this. Done. Uh, that's a good pick. Uh, Matt, uh, what would you say is your pick for the scariest movie you've ever seen? Uh, Hellraiser. Really? I've never seen that never one. Seen the it. idea I've that these little things could come out of my wall and just terrorize me. I don't know. Hellraiser was pretty terrifying. Well, I, I could... was nervous to let my kids watch The Wizard of Oz because I was convinced that they'd <laughs> yes. be as freaked out about the monkeys as I was. We <laughs> finally just let them watch it, and they were like laughing. As these creepy monkeys are flying, they're like, "What are these? What are these weird puppets flying around?" It's the monkeys. 
<laughs> horrifying. And I, like, yeah, you know, I don't see it. you just brought up a good point because I remember being scared of Pinocchio because when he got trapped in the the cage by the the circus guy, like that terrified me. And I I I remember as soon as Michael said that, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember like being scared of Pinocchio. I was just watching. They have the the Netflix the movies that made us. And I was just watching the how they made RoboCop last night, and I watched that. You let me watch that movie, and I was like five years old. Yeah, I did. Uh, RoboCop. We Great would, cigar smoker Peter Weller. I know. We we would watch RoboCop. Apparently, before, a total before, prima donna before Jordan went to school. <laughs> like, I would never let my kids watch it. I know. What were we thinking? Something with your cornflakes in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why Jordan ended up the way he ended up. Yeah. It's, it's a sad thing. No, hey. Uh, Guys, I, I, I got to say, this is a great show. Michael, this cigar is fantastic. Guys, if you're watching this show, you're listening to it on podcast, uh, do yourself a favor. Uh, just if you, can, if you can't afford to get the, the full box, which you should for 210 bucks or whatever, um, snag a single or a five-pack. I, I don't know if Atlantic, Atlantic Cigar might have some singles. Find a single. Maybe go in with a buddy. Give this a try. This both. is a absolutely. Free. You got to get them both, apparently, because this is a fantastic we have, we have a, we have a store cigar. Locator on our website, and you know, I've I've had people comment all the time on Facebook. I can't find them anywhere, and they're commenting on a post that I've just shared from a retailer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, just stop googling and just click on the Facebook link and call that retailer. I'm sure they have a box and a stamp, and we'll send it to you. Mm. But I, I would, I, if, if I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no. I would appreciate whoever can, can afford to invest and try one. I hope that you do. Um, ask the retailer to send you one of each um, if you can do two. Also ask them if they have an empty box. Maybe if you buy two or three, they would, throw, they would kick in the box for you, which is an incredible travel humidor. And if, if you can't get them, you know, the, the, the 2021 was a, was a very small production, um, but 2022 will be released hopefully in the first quarter, um, maybe early second quarter, but they're, they're being made now and they're in aging, so, um, so they'll be available next year and, and hopefully exactly the same. That's our intention and so far so good. Um, and should you not be able to find those, please buy a Timeless, buy a Metropolitan, just... Support Ferry Otago. Well, it seems like a lot of the commenters are saying that some of these retailers are offering uh, three packs. So mm. that would be a great way to. That's a great way to go. Dip your toe in. Dip your toe. Uh, last thing, and then we're going to end the show. Uh, this company, do it. Poddex, sent me these cards. They have no affiliation with me whatsoever. But um, so they sent me this deck of cards, Michael. And um, as you can see, there's, there's quite a bit of cards. And each card has a uh, question on it. And every time we pull one of these cards... We burn it! ...to Abe or Jonathan Drew or whoever, uh, we ask the question, then we burn it. It'll be burned forever. Nobody ever will be asked this question ever again, Michael. So um, I'm going to randomly pick a... Uh, here, you just... Michael, you just say stop, okay? And I'll take my thumb and I'll, I'm going to run across here. Ready? Here we go. Stop! Okay, there it is. Way over here. All right, here we go. That's the Poddex question for Michael Herklotz, Ferio Tego Cigars. All right, Michael, what's left on your bucket list? Ooh, Ooh that's good. 
I will burn this card. What's left on Michael's bucket list? Wait, can um. I answer first? <laughs> <laughs> I know. He almost I, had it, though. I know the answer. The answer is he wants to be interviewed by me. In a bathroom stall. Yes, we've done the urinal. <laughs> we've we, done the urinal. People want to see what the stall is all about. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Michael, what's <laughs> left on your bucket list? I hope the group knows that story because that really would be disturbing <laughs> if people are hearing this for the first time. So if you haven't seen the interview of me in the bathroom, please go and find it. Um, bucket list. I've, I've never been to um, Asia. Mm. I've never been to Africa and I've never been to the Middle East. And I would love to see one or all of those places. That's definitely up there. I wouldn't mind. Oh, wait, hold um, on. That last one, cut, you cut out in the last one. You wouldn't mind a, what? A family vacation to Florida mm. at this point. Yeah, um, right. Just to be able to, you know, go somewhere. Um, but... I, I, traveling to to one of those countries, continents, um, and really experiencing that culture, I would really, really love to do. Excellent. Hey, Michael, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us on Friday night on Smoke Night Live. Uh, this cigar is fantastic. And all of us, I, I know I speak for the entire Dojoverse. Uh, everybody's rooting for you. Everybody's excited about this. It's something new and different and fresh in the industry. And just congratulations on a fantastic product, my man. I thank you guys so much. I thank you for your support. You, get, you all have always been great and a great friend. Um, and to everyone listening and watching, I, I'm just endlessly grateful for your support. And I hope I can count on it uh, for, in the future. You absolutely can. Hey, folks. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Flavor Odyssey returns. Robbie and Randy, the greatest pairing show in the world. And uh, as you know, uh, no we, alcohol. Are, we are doing no alcohol. We are going with mocktails for four straight weeks. Last week, we did a Shirley Temple. And uh, this Wednesday, we'll be doing the Arnold Palmer, Jordan. The a little Ar spin on it, right? So a little spin on the Arnold Palmer. If you want to get the recipe, it's on dojaverse.com in the Flavor Odyssey group. Um, the Shirley Temple proved to be a very good cigar pairing. That is a just a good drink. Apparently, was, like you, you, it was I mean, not. It was not the Shirley Temple you imagined. Yeah, you imagine Seven Up with a cherry in it, and you know, like that. You pour a little of the maraschino cherry juice into the glass. That's not what this is. No. It's like a legit cocktail. It was a very legit cocktail. So I am assuming the uh, the Arnold Palmer will be similar. It's going to be the real version of a really good Arnold Palmer, not just. Not just what you would expect to get if you ordered at any uh, a bar on the street. So that was a ton of fun. Uh, tune in Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on our Facebook page for Flavor Odyssey for that. As far as Smoke Night Live next uh, week, a week from tonight, we'll have Eric Bay. Mm -hmm. Eric Bay is the uh, owner and operator of Black Star Line Cigars. By the way, Eric was out uh, at Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Uh, he's from Chicago. They have a brand. They make some of their stuff at Agonorsa. Almost, I think now almost all their stuff at Agonorsa Leaf. He is the he is the coolest dude. He's a great guy. So we'll be catching up with Eric. We've never had him on the show before, so it'll be a good time for all of you guys to get to know Eric Bay of uh, Black Star Line Cigars. That's next Friday night on Smoke Night Live. 
Until then, remember tonight, here we go. Dojoverse.com. Get on the Dojoverse. Start checking into your favorite cigars, what you're smoking, what you're drinking. Do a little hashtag now playing. We want to hear what's going on. We'll be partying all night long on the Dojoverse as we do every single Friday night. Until next week, remember, never smoke alone. We'll see you guys next week. Is it fast? Oh, it's fast. What about the options? What about the options? It's got all the options. But, like, what about price? It's got to be expensive. Not expensive at all, man. JR's got the greatest deals on cigars and accessories. Check it out. Oh, wow. Look at these. Oh, look at that deal. It's a good price. What are you guys doing with my car? Your car? I thought this was your car. I thought it was your car. Why would it be my car? I don't know. It's not again. We'll get out, but I'm taking this with a JR on the go. No matter whose car you're in, JR Cigar is there for you.